Thank you for listening to this message from Lifehouse Church. All right, all right. Man, isn't God good? Amen. He's good. He really is. Hey, listen, it was great worship. There was an attitude of worship. I want you to do something real quick before I get into the message and I begin um, something new that I'm starting for the next couple messages. I want you just to take a minute, and here's what I believe. I believe God speaks to his people. I really do. And uh, as I was hearing about the announcements about the Tangier trip, I was thinking about all the mission trips and opportunities I've gotten to go on. And let me tell you how it starts a lot of times. It's just a little small knock that happens. And sometimes you're thinking, well, man, I'd like to do that someday. Today is a day, and it could be some, all right? So it's a someday, right? And, And it is a Sunday both. And you could, God could just be tapping on your heart, and God might speak to you, and there's an informational meeting right afterwards. You might not even plan to stay, but you need to obey what God is tapping in your spirit, all right? It's just informational. You're not getting signed up for anything, but you need to follow God's leading. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. We're going to pray over the words that's going to be spoken. I'm going to just pray. If God's speaking to you, you need to stick around afterwards and just listen, all right? Father, we come to you today. I thank you for each one that's in the house, each one that's listening online. God, there might be somebody that's listening online that's interested in going. And Lord, I pray um, right now that Holy Spirit, that you speak to hearts and lives. And Lord, if there are people in this house, Lord, that you're tapping on their soul, you're tapping on their spirit. Lord, I pray they stick around. I pray that they just walk that out in obedience and we just give you glory. I thank you uh, for the spirit of God who nudges us in the direction that you want for us. And we just give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Elbow somebody beside you right now. Tell them it's not the Holy Spirit, but I'm going to elbow you anyway. I'm going to give you a nudge this morning. Give them a nudge. Come on. Somebody needs woke up beside you. They didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I saw a couple people. They didn't get enough sleep last night. I want them bright and bushy for the message this morning. Well, listen, it's February. It is chilly outside, but it is warm on the inside, physically and uh, hopefully figuratively. And Valentine's Day is quickly approaching. Guys, this is your warning shot, all right? I'm sounding the alarm. If I had an alarm, I'd be dinging it up here, right? Sounding the alarm. I'm thinking ahead. Uh, I'm I'm trying to get you to be proactive. I'm helping you make it happen for Valentine's Day. Uh, I'm cheering you on. Mom, cheering me on. Listen, you do not want to be the guy who shows up at the very bitter end in the card store, right? And you get the last ugly card that's left for Valentine's Day. Anybody ever do that? I love being, not me. I've never done that. Um, (laughs) I love going into, the, going into the Valentine's Day card area, and if you wait to the last minute, you can just stand and watch all the panicked guys are like wringing their hands. Like, listen, you can, you can sell a box of dirt if it has a heart on it that day. Really, if it's the last minute, you can. You can sell anything. But try to be proactive this morning, guys. Try to, try to think ahead. Valentine's Day is right around the corner. It's coming up. Uh, honey, I, I'm hearing myself. I'm hearing myself. All right. February is the time of love, right? It's, it's hearts, it's Valentine's, it's dinners, it's roses, expensive roses, right? Even wedding proposals, all those kind of things happen around um, Valentine's Day. It is lovey-dovey time. That's the title of my message. Lovey-dovey time, right? And, and guys, some of the guys are going like, no, man, it's all pressure time right now is what it is, right? Got to get it right because uh, so many of us don't. 
But listen, regardless of your view of Valentine's Day, your status in Valentine's Day, your belief, right, maybe your tradition for Valentine's Day, it is a great time of the year to talk about love and a definition of what love is. So what I wanted you to do, I wanted to be a proactive a little bit this morning, and I wanted, to, I wanted you to think, um, not me just preach, but you think a little bit, what is your definition of love? You got an index card, right? You probably already doodled on it somewhere because we gave you a pen. Pull that thing out, and, and we're going to give you just a minute. You're going to be a little interactive this morning. I want you to write down your definition of love. Now, you're not turning this in. You don't even got to show the person beside you. Even if it's your spouse, you don't got to show them, right? I gave you permission to keep it. All right? Keep it secret. But I want you to write down your definition of love, and I want you to write down, and we even got some inspirational music to help you do that. Ready? Here we go. Come on. (laughs) Write out your definition of love. One or two lines. I know some of you are thinking, I got so many adjectives, right? Uh, Loves a verb, some of you are right. Come on. One or two minutes here just to write down what's your definition of love. And some of you aren't writing. I know you're saying, I'm writing in my mind. I don't believe you. Write it down. Come on. Grab that pen. Get that index card. <laughs> some of you just want to hop up and give an answer, don't you? Get the beat. All right, good. Oh, I see Ben's moving. Definition of love. Definition of love. What is your definition? How would you describe it? What would you say that it is? What's the most important element, right? I know there's a lot that encompasses love. What is it? All right, I'm starting to see heads look back up at me. All right. I'll give you 10 more seconds, right? Ten more seconds. Eight. Seven. No pressure. Six. Five. I delayed that one. Four. Three. Two. One. All right. What is your definition of love? Some of you, you know, I could imagine in my mind some of the things that you might have been saying. Some of you might have said things, well, it's like personal affection, right? Or, or um, some of you might even put sexual attraction. Uh, it could be um, platonic admiration for somebody. It could be brotherly love, right? The kind of care that we have for one another. Um, since we're in the church, and since this is a Sunday morning, some of you put God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, right? Because you grew up in Sunday school, and you know that answers in everything that's asked, right? You, you nailed it, right? You just put God the Father, God the Son, Holy Spirit, and, and it's true. But, you know, some of you might have put benevolent concern. It could be worshipful adoration. It could be unconditional acceptance. It could be feelings of togetherness. It could be a great interest and a pleasure in the same thing, right? We love pickleball. We love pickles. We love pickles on our hamburgers. I don't know, right? We love things. We use a lot of words. Uh, a lot of things encompass love. And in the English language, we use one word for love that covers so very much. The ancient Greeks didn't do that. They actually had different words. They had six forms of, of uh, six different forms or six different words for love. You know, uh, one of those was storge. That was family love. Um, there was 
philia, which you get Philadelphia from, right? That's a, a platonic kind of love. That's a brotherly love, right? Um, they had eros, where you get the, the it's a root word for erotic. It's, it's more of a, a, a romantic love or a sexual love. You can have a philotic, which I probably said that wrong, right? But that's a self-love that goes on. There's a guest or a, a, a hospitality kind of love, which is, which is a zenia. Say zenia. You get that every morning when you come into Lifehouse, right? There's people zenia in you as soon as you come in the door. It's hospitality, right? And there's divine love, which is agape love. Our definitions of love can vary. They can be wildly different. They can be very similar. If you compared cards, compared notes with the person sitting beside you in there, you might see similar things. You might see things that are not so similar. But as Christians, we got to ask the question, what is God's definition of love? And does my definition look like his definition? Are they even close, right? You can stick this thing in your Bible and just bring it the next couple of weeks because we're going to start unfolding. Uh, what's God's definition of love and does mine line up with it, right? Because the Bible has a lot to say about love. It really does. As a matter of fact, in the New Testament, uh, in the Word of God, over 300 times, love is mentioned over 300 times just in the New Testament alone. Over 300. And, and it does not leave us, um, you know, kind of wondering or guessing. If we look at the whole of Scripture, we start to understand what is love. And the Bible says in 1 John 4, 7, it really unfolds some things for us about love. It talks about the source of love, right? It, it talks about the genesis of love. So if you put God on your paper, you can give yourself a star. Go ahead and put it right up in the corner. If you put, right, some of you going right right now, you got to give yourself a star up in the, in the corner. If you put God, you were right, because here's the thing. God is love. He's love. 1 John 4, 7 says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love, not know God, for God is what? Love. Doesn't say he just loves, he is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. God is love. So to know God is to know love. And to not know God is to possibly have a wrong definition of love, a wrong idea of love. This matters. This is important. This is not small in meaning. This is not, this is nothing. Because to know God is, uh, and to not know God is opening ourselves up to the wrong definition of love. We can have a wrong idea of what love really is. It, it, it could actually be warped. It could kind of be twisted. It could be messed up, right? Or our definition of love could be off base completely uh, or maybe even slightly. And it could be based even off of our experience, depending on what our experience of love is and what our experience is not. Some of you had a very loving home that you came out of. Some of you, not so much. And your love, your idea of love might look very different if we compared cards, if we compared notes. Um, we got to understand all those things can affect our definition of love. I don't know if you know this or not, but one out of three women, 35.6%, and one in four men, 28.5% in the U.S. have experienced rape, physical violence, or stalking by somebody they were close to in their lifetime, somebody who supposedly loved them. 
35. One out of three women and one out of four men, right? We need Todd a right definition of love because that can be tainted. It, it can be, it can be, we can get a wrong perception of what it is. And, and, and we need more than just a few fluffy notions, right? A few really quick sayings, a few uh, pie in the sky kind of ideas of what love is. We need to know what the Bible says about love. We need to understand the breadth and the depth and the length and the height of what love is and, and what it is in God and to get the idea of what it fully means to love. God himself is the embodiment of the right kind of love. He's the standard by which you put all other loves beside, right? God's the standard for everything. We just slide that right. Anything you got going on in your life, you can just slide it right up beside Jesus, and you'll find out how good or not good it is, right? You can just put it right up beside him. And if you don't believe that... Um, I hope you do over the next few messages, over the next few weeks as I unfold and get the opportunity to share with you out of God's word what love is. I hope you start to see how true this is and, 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 and understand that God is love. He is the source of love, right? He is the ultimate example of love. 1 John 4, 7 tells us that. God the Father sending his son, Jesus, to be the sacrifice for our sins uh, to be the one who stepped in our place was the right example. We need a right example of love in our lives. We need a right word picture. We need a right snapshot. We need a, a living illustration that is completely clear on what love is because it helps us grasp on how our love should look. I know what something looks like if I can see it, right? If I can kind of experience. Uh, I've learned this a long time ago. Um, if, I, if I'm doing something and I'm not completely sure in what I'm doing, if I'm not 100% like I got, all, I got this all figured out, I do one or two things. I either call a professional and I say, hey, I need some help, all right? Can, can you come help me with this? And then I watch them right? That it's kind of like a living video taking place. And I watch them do what I really don't uh, know how to do or I'm not completely clear on. How many of you watch YouTube to learn how to do something? Come on. You, how many of you cooked a meal with YouTube, right? Pause. Mix up all the ingredients, right? Work on your car. Pause. Play. Pause. Rewind. Okay. You go back. You just keep going back. And, and we do that because we want a living example of what it is, whatever we're doing. Right, whether it's cooking, fixing a car, and I know that's not always complete, and sometimes you're still going to get it wrong, but we want something in front of us, and God the Father was a pro at giving us a living example. He really was. He sent Jesus to show us what it's like. He sent Jesus to show us how this works, and there's no greater display of love and no greater understanding of love than to watch somebody who does something and gives you an example of what love is, and that's what the father did. He sacrificed his own son to, to come to this earth and to show us he loved us, and that's a big sacrifice. If, I think all of us kind of understand this. Um, if to give a child away, to give your son or your daughter away in sacrifice for somebody else and for what somebody else did and, and for their sin is an enormous deal, right? I got children and grandchildren. You're not getting my grandchildren for anything, right? Come on. We'll, we'll hold on to them, right? You can, you can sacrifice me, but you're not sacrificing them, right? That's God's love. The father loved you so much that he sent his own son. He paid a ransom 
for our sin and because we were the ones that should have paid. And he sent his son to pay the ransom. So if we're going to get an accurate picture of love, and if we're going to understand what love really means, what it really looks like, we got, we, got a, we got to picture what Jesus did and what the Father did for us. We got to look for the, the definition that's wrapped up in, in the story of Christ. We got to put aside our preconceived notions and ideas. Amen? You probably put your preconceived notions and ideas on that index card. You probably place on it. As a matter of fact, I want you to keep that for the next few weeks. Keep it in your Bible. Keep it on whatever you bring to church. And then you start writing on the other side, right? What God's definition of love is. And then you can compare and see how close you were at the end of it. We get these preconceived ideas. We get these preconceived notions based on our experience, based on what somebody tells us, right? Based on what's going on. And we need to understand what that definition is. And that's especially true for Christians, Because everything we do as Christians, everything that we believe is based on the definition, our definition of love. I don't know if you realize that or not. I want you to turn to Matthew 22 and 34, and this will help you see what I'm talking about, right? But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, this is Jesus, all right, they gathered together, then one of them, a lawyer. Now, this is a, get you the scene here a little bit. A lawyer is questioning Jesus. He's testing Jesus. There's Sadducees there. There's probably there's Pharisees there. They're all around. They're going to question Jesus like they often did. Then one of them, a lawyer, an expert in the law, an ex- expert in the Mosaic law, then asked him a question, him testing him and saying, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus doesn't just give any answer. He doesn't just give them what's number one. When Jesus answers, he gives them what's number one, what's number two, and everything that should follow when it comes to love. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So you got number one, you got number two, and then look what he says. A lot of times this third one gets ignored. Doesn't even get quoted a lot of times. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Jesus was saying everything that was before, right? The law and the prophets, the Old Testament, the old way. And now I'm here, he's telling them. And now there's this new law of love. Everything that I'm telling you, everything in the past, everything that's going on right now, and everything that's going to happen in the future hangs on these two things right? These two laws of love, love God and love others, right? Love God, love people. Yeah, all right. All right, that's our mission statement. Love God and love people every day. So if we understand the definition of love, we need to understand the definition of love. If this is, if everything hangs on this, if everything previously, everything present, and everything in the future hangs on these two things, right? Loving God and loving people, we should understand what love means. We should understand what love is. We should get a really clear definition on it because it's everything for a Christian. It is the whole enchilada, right? And I like eating the whole enchilada. I love enchiladas. All right, it's the whole enchilada. If if we're going to walk as Christians, if we're going to walk with Jesus, if we're going to be successful and not fail in this, uh, if we're going to make sure the ministry doesn't crash to the ground, we got to understand what love is. This church will fall down, maybe not physically, but it will spiritually 
if we don't get this right, if we don't understand what God's definition of love is, you know, um, Jesus gave us two directives in this, two directives in this particular verse of scripture. One was that there should be some order in our love. We need to have order in our love. And what do I mean by that? Well, Jesus made it really simple and really clear. That's what I love about Jesus. He was clear and super deep all at the same time, right? There's these, he was clear. He said, G, he said this in 37, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first, right? Say first. first. Yeah, you got to get it right. This is the first. And the second is like you shall love um, your neighbors yourself. We love God first and people second. We love God first and we love people second. Why? Why do we do that? Why did Jesus say that? Why is this so important? Because we will never love people like we should until we understand and participate in God's love first. You will not be able to love them fully like you ought to be able to love them until you participate in God's love first. I didn't say you wouldn't love people. Don't email me. Don't call me afterwards. I didn't say you didn't have any love in your heart for anybody. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you're not going to be able to do it fully like you can, like we should, until you love God first. Until you participate in that love and you understand God's love and you reciprocate that love back, you won't. I'm pretty convinced um, that me personally, that I can't fully love people like I should until I understood the love of God. I remember a point in my Christian walk, actually, where uh, I, you know, I began to look at my own life as a Christian, as a believer. And listen, I've been saved since I was 12 years old, and I... I've walked with God for a long time, and I remember being somewhere in my 20s, and I remember asking God, Lord, you need to help me love people. You know, I love you, God, you're awesome. It's easy to love you. Huh? Not so much with other people sometimes, right? Yeah. I, I remember getting to a place like, Lord, you're going to have to help me with this. You've got to help me understand how to love other people. I'm going into ministry, and, and I know that's a call in my life, and, and I know I've got to do this, but, but I, and I love you with everything i got, but I'll be okay with just me and you, <laughs> all right? Help me. You know, I, yeah, yeah, everybody else, that's uh, whatever, you know? And I, you, you have to ask yourself, God, help me love people. Because that's what you told us. I remember this. And, and we can get to a place um, where we, we don't have the standard that we should to love other people. But it starts with loving God. We don't intuitively have the love of God for others in our lives. We don't. It's not an intuitive thing. I, I, I intuitively love me right? And most of us won't say that, but it's true. You intuitively feed yourself. You intuitively clothe yourself. We appreciate that, right? You intuitively get shelter. You intuitively make sure that you're good and comfy, right? When you're sitting down to watch TV, you get your, right, your favorite blanket that nobody else can touch, right? And you sit in your spot to go watch TV. We take, we take great care in loving ourselves, you know, you're not even too worried about your spouse. Let them go find their own spot to sit out, right? They can get their own blanket, right? I'm comfy. Come on. It's true. We don't intuitively, you know, we don't intuitively love people. As a matter of fact, if we don't understand the love of God, we kind of start categorizing people. We put them in categories. You, you probably, now listen, we're Christians, so we use, we use Christian words like jerk, right? <laughs> you got a jerk category, right? <laughs> you know the... 
You, some of you are like, yeah, I know who's in that category right now, right? <laughs> They're a jerk. You know, and you got a jerk category. And you, you put up these different categories. You got friend categories. You got loved one categories. You got these categories that we put people. We don't intuitively love everybody like we love ourselves. And, and the jerk people even less, right? <laughs> we, we, we love, the jerk people can just stay over there all by themselves. We'll just stay over here where we're at. It doesn't come natural to us. It, it's not, it, we don't have that natural agape love, right? That unconditional love that God has. As a matter of fact, a lot of times our love is very conditional, and that's not all a bad thing either. Can I tell you that? It really isn't. Uh, Dixie's here. She's sitting up in the front. This is my wife. Give her a hand this morning. Yeah, all right. All right. And her and I have a very conditional love relationship. We do. Um, because the condition is that I'm not allowed to date other women, all right? <laughs> that would change. Yeah, she's true. She's going, yes, that's true, all right? And I feel the same way, all right? She's not allowed to date other men, and, and, and there's a condition there. Now, if I did that, I think she, she might still love me. I don't know, you know, but, but the, I, can, can, I can assure you conditions would change, all right? Things would change in a big hurry. So we, we're used to these conditional relationships, and we should on some levels, but God teaches us what it is to have a love that goes beyond that for others. It goes, it goes somewhere else. The father sent his son Jesus to die, and it was not conditional. Do you know that? 1 John 3, 16 says this, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brother. Listen to Romans 5, 6, for when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. That means those who were separated from him. That means those who were not even connected with him. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone will even dare to die. But God demonstrates his love toward us that while we were still sinners, while we were still separated, while we were in no relationship with him, Christ died for us. And the Father sent him. Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received and or the reconciliation. Man. You know that the love of God came to you undeserved. It came to you uh, unearned. It came to you without, uh, unsolicited without you even asking. You can't get away from the love of God. You can't. His love, I say this all the time, his love is completely unconditional. Now, listen, his blessings are completely conditional. But his love is unconditional. Uh, the, the closest example that I could give to you, the closest illustration I could give to you, again, it happens within a family. There, there's something that happens when a child is born and it's your child. There's this unconditional love that fills your heart. It's the closest thing you're ever going to uh, naturally uh, experience for unconditional love. I, I don't know what it is, but when your children are born and, and, and that child comes, or if you adopt a child, you'll fall on a sword in the first three seconds for them. Do you know that? You'll, you'll sacrifice anything. You'll put yourself uh, in, in harm's way 50 times over for that child. There's something, and they don't ask for it. They don't earn it, right? As a matter of fact, they might even be puking on you in the middle of the, uh, while this is all taking place. And you don't care. You'll do it. That is Christ's love. If you take that times 100, times 1,000, that's God's love for you. That's him. 
He sent his son, and, and Jesus died purposely. He could have he walked away from that any time he wanted. Legions of angels would have showed up, and, and it would have never taken place. But he, went, he fell on the sword for you and I. He really did. He rose from the grave. Zero conditions. Zero conditions. Matter of fact, I was the one that deserved the death because of my sin. And he died for us. He loved us anyway. His love for me just is. His love for you just is. You don't write anything, I put that on your card. His love for me just is. And until I experience that, until I accept that, until I believe in that, until I get a hold of that in my own spirit, till, until I own that, until I reciprocate back to God at whatever love I can back to him, till I do that, I don't fully understand what it is to love somebody else in that way. Uh, until I get that. If anybody has been following Jesus for any length of time, if you talk to them and you ask them that, they'll tell you, yeah, I know how to love people before this, but I didn't know how to love them right. I, 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 my love changed after, after I came to Christ. I, let me tell you something. Because I know that love with God, because God's love's first in my life, I know how to lo love my wife better. I really do. Because of what God taught me. I know how to love my children better. I know how to love my relatives better. I know how to love my enemies. All right? Period. I even know how to love those people in the jerk category. <laughs> Come on. It's true. It's true. We got to follow and Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. It's reason he put it first. This is the first. We duplicate what we experience, church. We duplicate what we experience. We really do. I came across an old article this week. It caught my eye because we partner with InterVarsity at Dickinson College, and actually they're on various colleges around the uh, area here locally. And I came across this article. It's a pretty old article. It's from 2009, but it's about InterVarsity, and I want to read it to you. Every three years, InterVarsity Christian Fellowship sponsors the um, Urbania Conference, a gathering that challenges university students to get involved in world evangelism. About 16,000 students from around the world attended in 2009 at the conference. After the main session, each evening, students would leave the large conference auditorium to meet in a smaller groups uh, for prayer and reflection. In one of the banquet halls, there was a small group comprised of Chinese students, another group of Taiwanese students, and another group from Hong Kong. Large dividers stood between the three. These walls were important because historically, these three people groups have harbored bitterness and animosity towards one another. They felt it was best to pray and worship each um, with their own people. But as the Chinese students were praying one night, they told their leaders they wanted to invite the others to join them. When the Taiwanese students received the invitation, they prayed and sang a little while and then opened up the wall divider. It wasn't too much longer before the students from Hong Kong pulled back their divider and some 80 students mingled together. In Christ, we are all one family, said a leader, and Christ breaks down political boundaries. In Christ, we have the desire to make the first steps to connect. The Taiwanese students asked the students from China and Hong Kong to lead them in worship. And the next night, they invited the Korean and the Japanese groups to join them. Nations uh, from those nations, which also had experienced fierce animosity. The leader told them, we are living out what we've learned this week in John. This is God with us. 
One girl from China said it was really moving. It was a moving time. This kind of thing would have never happened in any other situation. What is your definition of love? What is your definition of love? Because if you're going to love others, it's going to have to look a lot like God's definition. If you're going to break down political walls, if you're going to break down social walls, if you're going to break down whatever walls, right? We put walls up. We're, we're experts at that as people. We're going to break that down, and we're going to learn how to love other people. We, got, we have to have the definition of God's love. We got to understand the example between the father and the son and us and what he did. Zach, I'm going to ask you to come. The praise team would come. I'm going to ask the rest of you if you'd stand up just for a moment. Listen, I'm serious. I want you to keep those cards. And I kind of came with one idea this morning. Maybe two. A, I want you to question yourself. What is my definition of love? You wrote it down. Some of you didn't write it down. You need to, you need to grab a card and write it down because you're going to forget by next week what you were thinking. And maybe even swayed you a little bit after this first message. What is my definition of love? And do I have the first thing first? If you're writing on the back of that card, is God your first love? Because if he's not first, all the rest, all the rest is, is going to get warped. All the rest is going is to be the ideas that you pulled in with what love is. All the rest is going to have your experience, right? All those experiences you had with love, good or bad or somewhere in between, you're going to pull all that in. You're going to build some kind of framework of what love is. You're going to call it my love. You'll even label it, right? Well, this is how I love. Just because this is what, uh, I, I don't find that in any, anywhere in God's word where we just get the option to like, oh, I just build my own kind of thing, right? We're following Christ. He said, I'll show you the way. I'll teach you what love is. But you got to get things first. If you're going to love people, right? Only two things, right? You got to love God and love people. You don't got to love anything else. You don't got to love pickles, not anything, right? You can choose and all that. You gotta have first things first. First things first. So maybe you're like I am when I was in my twenties, right? I love people so well. You know, maybe your love looks a little surfacey, a little self-serving. Yeah, you can you can try you can look really good and be completely on the surface. You know that? You you can have that, especially church people, man. We learn we learn how to we know, we learn how to look humble in the approach. But what's really there? Can you love love somebody in their jerkness? I don't know if that's a word or not, but it is today. Can you love somebody in their jerkness? You won't do it without the Father. You won't do it right. You won't. I'm asking you to bow your heads. Ask yourself the question. What's my love look like? I only gave you two things this morning. There's going to be a lot more. I want you to just take a moment. Ask yourself the question. Man, sometimes we come into church, it's about looking in deep. It, it, it's about getting down to what's real. What's really there? What's really in my heart? What's really, what's really down? What's below the surface? What am I really walking out in my life? 
Jesus said everything hangs on this. Everything. As a Christian, everything hangs on this. It's all of it. Father, we come today. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for the love that you showed us. The ultimate love. The ultimate example. Of sending your son. God, I pray we start holding our love up beside yours. But we start taking an honest look at what's inside of us. God, I believe there's some in the house. Lord, God, you're going to break some critical spirits, Lord. God, they're not loving people, they're judging people. God, I, I believe there's going to be some. Lord, as, as, as the next couple of weeks go, it might get a little uncomfortable on their car. God, they're going to start looking at what love is in your eyes, and it's not going to look anything like what they wrote down. It's not going to be anything that they thought, or, or it'll be pieces of it. Lord, I pray, God, for fullness. God, a completion. Uh, uh, God, a, a rounded out. God, biblical idea of what love is, God, so that we, God, can love you properly first, and God, love the people that are around us second. Because it'll be a greater love than we've ever experienced. It'll be a greater thing than we've ever known. God, it'll be love that moves people. God, that it'll shift those things that are around us, Lord. This is the core. God, Jesus, this you said, everything hangs on this. Everything in our walk here. And Lord, help us to get past the idea that it's just you and I. But Lord, that it's you, I, and Lord, those who are around us. God, it's the people in the street. It's the people in the grocery stores. My relatives, it's the people in my home. But I commit to you first, Lord. I look to you first, Lord. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put down the preconceived ideas and notions. I'm going to shove aside my experiences, the hurts, the pain, the frustration. Even, even my, my, my glossy idea of what love is in a good experience. And I'm going to look to you. God, help us. Lord, it's the hardest thing for us to do sometimes is to wipe the slate clean, Lord, and God, to write down what you, what you have for us, and Lord, to rewrite what's in our heart and mind. And God, I ask, that for, I ask for that to happen in the next couple weeks. Write on our hearts, Lord, on our hearts of flesh, God, that we might know. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you a question. What if, what if we got this right? What if, what if we get this 100%? Well, how different would it look around us, in the world around us? What if, right? What if this started, yeah, what if it started catching on? What if, what if people started seeing God first, and they started coming to God first, and then they started loving people that way? How different would it be, amen? Thank you for tuning in to this message from Lifehouse Church. We pray that you were impacted powerfully by this message. If you have been personally affected by our ministry and you would like to partner with us as we love God, love people every day, visit our website at www.lifehousecog.com.